Welcome, everyone. This is Mac on the Rock, WSQF 94.5. You probably heard from me in a while, uh, about 20 hours, because I was on yesterday. Today I have The Slate, <laughs> known in the chat world as simply The Slate. <laughs> but I have to give them their just due, Mrs. Jennifer Allegra. Sir Lord Armando Chapelli. Hola. Y la doña Luisa Conway. Because the way you spell your your first name, Luisa, everybody thinks you're Hispanic, but you're not. I'll take it. You'll take it. So we're going to discuss here more or less kind of like a conversation like Charlie Rose as opposed to, you know, an interview per se when we're asking these gotcha questions that I'm not really interested in. One thing we all are all interested in, and we're probably uh, guessing based on what people perceive of the slate to begin with, is that you're for or against the general obligation bond. Many people make a lot of claims about the bond, what it means to each, and how much fun it is to be here in the studio. Uh, the Slate right now is playing a game, uh, PlayStation, with the studio here. <laughs> we're, the, we're the only fun group in town, you know that. Yeah, you're the fun group in town. The microphone can stay in between the two of you, but face each other so that... Uh, how, how close do you want me to this microphone? Right now, you guys are hearing uh, yourself. Jennifer, if you would like to speak up and uh, to confirm that we can hear you. Yes, can you hear me? Yes, you can hear you. And Luisa, you're a little bit uh, at a distance from everyone else on purpose because they'll create an echo. Can we hear you fine? Hello? Okay. So let's get right into what I perceive to be the big issue on the key, which is, seems to be laid to rest for now, the definition of debt in the charter. Uh, it clearly states that the debt should not exceed 1% of the total assessed or appraised, I should say the appraised value, really the assessed value, of the real estate in Key Biscayne, or 2% of the general revenues of no 15% of the general revenues of a particular budget fiscal bust. The question I asked you guys, since it was late to rest, that they're not going to redefine the word debt. I'm sure you all are relieved of that. If you're not, please speak up. I will ask you what to do with the surplus surplus funds every year. That if they're not put in restricted funds by the village council, and you guys seek to be sitting on this council, what would you do with these surplus funds? Would you Make it all go to pay debt? Would you uh, put it in a restricted account where many people believe it should sit there to buy green space, which I obviously have a problem with? Or would you uh, put it in an unrestricted account where you can start getting interesting ideas on what to do with the money? Because people like to emphasize this bond, this open-ended bond. The truth is we're just asking the village voter uh, if the village council agrees on getting into really exciting projects that could ex get right up to $100 million, they don't have to come back at us. They could just go to bonds right away. And that's the stuff that we call blank check. And although the people who are for the bond claim that we shouldn't be saying that about blank check, and I'm as guilty as anyone to say that's like a blank check, how would you all really define what you believe blank check is? So I'm going to ask Jennifer first. Okay. Well, my issue is that the language is overly broad. It's not specific. You cannot compare it to Miami Beach. You cannot compare it to Palm Beach. It's so broad that, in my opinion, it could possibly lead to abuse, where you can categorize anything 
as resiliency. So that's my main concern. As an attorney, words matter. You know, punctuation marks matter. Things like that matter. And moreover, there was no real process. It was very rushed. During a pandemic, I believe in the June 30th meeting, they they pushed the cart before the horse. They had the they want the money, but they have no projects. I believe in resiliency. I believe in fiscal resiliency. I believe in preserving this island. The issue is this needs to be done correctly. And Manny, this is a blank check, and no one's going to convince me otherwise. Okay. Armando? Well, it is a blank check, of course, because when you remove the voter from having any further input after the referendum, if, if they are insane enough to vote for this and allow any council going forward for 30 years to be able to come forward, uh, select, and then fund by no more than five members of the council, any amount of money for any project up to $100 million, assuming that the debt ratios are met, and then no one can vote that down, that project down. They have no further input. They can scream, they can yell, they can complain, bellyache, whatever they want to do, but they won't be able to vote it down. And in the past, this village has, uh, council has demonstrated a unique capacity for doing whatever the hell they feel like doing. Like all governments. Yes. At any point in time, including incurring cost overruns on a dog park that was budgeted at 800 grand and it went over a million bucks. Same with the Master Bridge, 700,000 and then a million five. Okay, uh, Luisa? Well, first, I can't hear, just letting you know. So I can't really hear myself. You can't? Yeah. Or you can? I cannot hear myself, but. That's unusual. I know. <laughs> I think all of Cape should breathe. No, we can't. Silently. <laughs> we can't you want well, to? You, you said yeah, borrow, you're, borrow my borrow my. Um, no, no, no. So that's what you get all confused. Yeah, but no. To your to because uh, I don't know. I'm screaming at Kibiskane right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going. Um, no, uh, listen, surplus. That stopped a couple of years ago. We haven't been even able to balance the budget in three years. Uh, very disappointing. Um, and now the same crew would like us to give them authorization, as they like to point out. They're not taking the money. They're just asking you to authorize. Trust me. Uh, trust me. A hundred million dollars. <laughs> Read my lips. <laughs> I am not taking a hundred million dollars now. Uh, and that's really why this is a blank check, essentially. You're asking voters to give you the authorization at some point in time to take out $100 million. For 30 like, years. We're not, we're Key Biscayne smart. Well, you know, for the, audi for the audience's sake, <laughs> the way you phrase it, it could be confusing because the language doesn't say that it's going to go to $100 million off the get-go. It's only saying that they're not going to come back to you if they have three projects of thirty million and each, and they go to ninety. Well, that's the key, right? Because because they could conceivably go to three projects, thirty million each, uh, a year apart, and then not come back to the voter at all and say, "We already not only approved the subject matter, what it's going to." And believe me, I can come up with more ideas than they can. Uh uh. Nobody can. But that's what makes it a blank check, because you're giving somebody a check. They'll come in and they'll fill it all in, right? They'll figure out what to spend the money on. So let's say it's $100 million. Let's say they do decide to pursue oh. undergrounding. That's $50 million. What are you going to do with the rest of it? 
So, and then you're well, the, la- the last the last quote for undergrounding was 23 million, 23, 24 million. That's going to have to go to general obligation bonds. So, I'm going to ask mm-hmm. the only way for us to all share in this cost and get the condos to admit to the fact that we pay for some of their stuff, they should pay for some of our stuff. Uh, me being a homeowner, I'm going to come back to Jennifer in the same order, each time the same order. What do you feel about the undergrounding not being paid by general obligation? I mean, sorry, by general funds as opposed to general obligation funds. I had Ray, Ray uh, Mundo Ramirez here saying that, although I'm against the $100 million bond in this format, he is for going to bond for something like underground utilities. How do you feel about that? Well, well let me start off by saying this. Our residents should not be losing power. That's just not acceptable, and we need to find a way to fix that. In terms of undergrounding, I believe that there was an underground committee, and that committee came out of their committee and stated that the special assessment method was the most equitable. Right. So I I see no problem with that, and I think you could get the condos to buy into that as long as it's equitable. So I don't, you know, if this project is, if the bond is for undergrounding, then just say it and put a price tag to it. Why are we hiding the ball from our residents? Well, here's one answer. My suggestion is that it came back at four million bucks many, many years ago during the first study, and everybody balked then for lack of leadership. It was a very popular council at the time, and uh, it was a real shame because look, ten years have gone by, maybe even more, because I'm a little um, not really right with time frames these days. Uh, it's now twenty something million. That's fifteen million more than four. And it's not that simple, Manny, remember. We have to get FPL on board. If we underground, FPL owns those lines. It all may not be underground, so it's very complex. And I think we probably need to go back to a committee and also go back to our community because there's experts in our community that can help us with this. Well, they were on the first first go-around, and they said, you're right, the, the technology has changed. Also, that one of the issues about undergrounding back then was they weren't guaranteed watertight pipes on the ground. And today that is much more assured because other new, brand new municipalities on barrier islands all over the state has gone on the ground right from the get-go because the cities are new and they're having great success. So, Armando, what do you, if, let's say that the, geo, the, the, the go bond fails. There'll be another question about if it were to win. If the gold bond fails, do you agree to go to fund underground utilities or, like Jennifer says, with special assessments? It's equitable assessment, I believe you said. Equitable um, assessments. Clearly, what we would advocate, I think the three of us would agree on this, is to learn as much as possible as the current status of technology, as you suggested. Every day, with every space launch out of uh, Cape uh, Canaveral. Which I think you are a little personal, too, by the way. Very, <laughs> very uh, familiar with. Um, new technologies, new materials are being developed and commercialized. And the we're not even aware of what exists out there that could work cheaper, more effectively. <clears throat> Persuading Florida Power and Light to relinquish control over their infrastructure might be a tad more challenging than uh, our opponents assume that they can just walk in and say, do this, that, and the other thing. I mean, those guys are tough. Okay, but the Um, question is still unanswered. 
would you go, even though you're against this I would, I would, GO I would, bond, ex- yeah. would I would, you go general obligation bond absolutely. on a solo on a solo project? Absolutely. And I would also... Um, and by the way, the, for the record, the audience, uh, Armando does live in a home. He doesn't live in a condo. Actually, you own both, right? You own a condo uh, and no, a home. I, I no longer own a condo, but I, I do own a home. Congratulations. And <laughs> You sold in this market. I don't know about that. My taxes have been going up steadily. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Paralleling the budget uh, leaps and bounds uh, in the last five, six years from 25 to 37 million bucks. Um, uh, yeah. I experienced that here in the, uh, here I in think, the commercial uh, real estate. I think looking carefully at each and every means of funding these projects would be the smart and, and prudent thing for us to advocate and do with council, which we don't, I mean, to my knowledge, um, there has been no systematic process put in place to evaluate projects to uh, involve the community and create consensus about projects like Miami Beach did for the Gold Well, so one, one thing that's pretty real, I don't think we're divided as a community as much as we used to be, is this issue of underground utilities. One thing that I, I don't hear from any of the council, including you three, is pointing out the obvious about this side of the island where the houses are. It's the side where the commerce is. It's the, everybody goes through the commerce, both sides. Therefore, there yeah. shouldn't be an argument about these underground utilities being funded by the whole community because, quite frankly, there's not just houses on this side, for Christ's sake. All the commerce is on this side. Yeah. So you, in the condo community, and this was an issue with my father in the original uh, Charter Commission, was to create voting districts out here, and nobody wanted that, and my father wanted that because he wanted the houses to have a defined interest, parks, open space, and all that stuff, schooling, and the condos to be really what they wanted, uh, easements, clean trash, clean. And, no- and noise ordinance among each other because they live in condos. Clean beach and an actual... Oh, sorry, the beach as well. <laughs> and an actual beach. <laughs> but that didn't happen. So you now are in a general election. So I'm gonna, uh, Luis is the next one to be answered this question. There really isn't uh, an issue about these underground utilities because the commerce is on this side. The, it's on the resident's side. Therefore, we should all want them not to be out of power too. So... How do you feel about being no against the GO bond, which obviously you're on record as being no against the bond that's up for vote today in November, but you're up for general obligation bond or not for the underground utilities? Yeah, not for the underground utilities. I mean, the task force that that came up with the the plan was that it was a special assessment. And I'm going to have to disagree with you, Manny, a little bit because undergrounding is very good for the community. I'm, I, I completely, and I'm on the record for this, I, I completely support it, but with a special assessment, the reason being 5,750 condos are directly undergrounded. and Since no, the beginning, since their development. And listen, to be fair to them, they have no problems paying for this. Um, and they don't mind sharing the burden and the co- and the cost of paying for this. So... That's really, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be very upfront with that. I think as a community, we have to be fair and we have to be equitable. So my position on the, uh, of using a go bond for undergrounding was ridiculous. We had a chance last year to move forward on this. And I was one of the people at that hearing that actually asked for a referendum, and they shot me down. They said, no, no government by referendum. And here the same crew <laughs> comes back with a referendum. Like, Great what point. are you? Like, 
you, yeah, you know, that's, that's, that's typical, a great point. Typical, typical government. Uh, you wanted to say something about that, Jennifer? No, I just wanted to uh, echo Louise's point because that's a great point. It's hypocrisy at its finest. I mean, government is about referendums anyway and ordinances. So what else is it supposed to be by petition? The other thing, going back to the commercial space, I really think as an island, we all rise and fall together. If the houses, the prices of the house increase, the prices of the condos will increase. And so I do want to see unity, and I think there, there, there has to be an equitable solution. But again, to Louise's point, I don't think this bond is that equitable solution. And if, it, if that was the conception of this council, why isn't that clearly stated on the referendum? Yeah. Uh, yep. Other candidates, uh, I guess I will invite to hear Blink Radio. WSQF 94.5. For those who want to uh, listen by your phone, it's WSQFradio.com, live stream all over the county, all over the world. WSQFradio.com, live streamed, and you can connect that actually into your phone. So if you're driving in your car, but you're out of my range, uh, you can always go live stream and connect that to your car. And of course, if you've got a Porsche or Mercedes, uh, you can actually hear me farther than 10 miles out, <laughs> the 10 miles radius of this island. Definitely wall to wall the island, all the way down to Palmetto Bay. So wherever you're at, you're listening, we're talking about the elections in Key Biscayne. If you live in uh, Palmetto Bay, this is how we do it out here. We talk about it, and, and we are the only city that has a voice here on Blink Radio. So the next issue would be, what is it you believe should happen with apparently a secret meeting that's going on right now discussing the pensions of the fire department. Apparently they're they're going after the the the, the firemen who obviously are protect us, care for us. I'm firsthand suffering three strokes recently. I definitely know what the fire department does um, does and does quickly. Same with my mother suffering from Alzheimer. I saw how how professional they were, and the records they kept on those portable. Uh, heart monitors of the past time my mother would ask them to come in an emergency 9-11 situation. I've always been, uh, as a conservative, uh, really annoyed of public unions. Always built, always felt that that's the reason for a deficit spending on all levels of government. At the municipal level, I've been taught a lesson or two about Key Biscay, which is unique to us. You know, we don't have many fires. God forbid if we do, it's, it would be devastating to us because we're such a small community. So I now find myself uh, almost defending firemen for the first time in my life. I've never been pro any public union. The fact that it's secret annoys me, period. Uh, the fact that Eric Lang wasn't involved in the, these secret negotiations. I'd like to know who's in this secret negotiation, what council members are actually participating. So, Isn't Jeff, that sunshine? Isn't that subject to sunshine? You know what? When it's internal negotiation between a union and the elected official, we expect them. It's not It's not really open up to the public unless those in the meeting choose to open it up. Okay. But we do elect people to negotiate our contracts with us. And in our city, as other cities don't do, other cities hire professionals to negotiate Ooh. with the unions. I'd like to know what you all feel about that. I can answer, if you know, please tell the audience. Who are who's sitting on the strategy meeting? Because so far I don't know. I'm assuming that Ed London, who's participated in the past, I'm assuming he's on the strategy board. I'd like to know why uh, the chief of fire department is not attending these meetings. So, how do you feel, Jennifer? The same order, Jennifer Armando and then Luisa. 
I mean, to the extent possible, I would like to see these meetings in the sunshine. It was my understanding that, uh, I don't know what happened at this last meeting, but there was someone who represented the police union at the meeting, someone who represented the fire department at the meeting, and then I believe two civilians, and or maybe one civilian and one council member. So um, I think that is a good core group of people. I, I know there's issues with um, trying to retain and recruit fire, the fire department because we're competing with other municipalities uh, for those for the talent. So um, I really can't speak to what happened today. Um, I think it just hot off the press. <laughs> yeah, hot off the press. <laughs> so um, I will I will come back if you allow me to to comment on it. <laughs> okay, Armando. Yeah, you got me uh, blindsided on this one. Well, I, we're bl I, I, we blink here at Blink Radio. I, I, I you blink twice, you missed it, man. You blink once, you heard it. I am, however, in, in favor of the idea of bringing in a professional negotiator to these uh, kinds of situations. Um, we're, my company is currently engaged in the, uh, union negotiations in New York, which is like the... Which is federal, at the federal level. This, the Please explain <laughs> to the audience what is it, what's your line of work. That's very important so people understand. My company trains their traffic controllers, but this <clears throat> this one doesn't involve the um, the controllers union. This one involves the machinist union. I, don't, I can't speak about it too much because I'm going to get perhaps shot on the way home. Um, don't say that in these times. <laughs> Never talk that way around here. New York is a ninth circle of hell for union negotiations. So, we well, so is the rest of a lot of democratically run cities. So uh, we select, we elected to uh, hire a competent law firm that is dedicates its to union uh, contracts. To union contracts. So you think that's that you would go kind of big government? Absolutely. Way. Imagine us negotiating with the fire department and the union here and then our house catches on fire and nobody shows up <laughs> a small, that's a real small town problem that's not, that's, that's not a joke either yeah it's a small town issue all right. Louisa? all right so first of all i don't know about any secret meetings manny but to be fair to keep us game yeah we do have a pension board it's on the website everybody yep. so please mm -hmm. let's not spread rumors um look Right now, for the residents, we have Ed Easton, uh, Mr. Pritchett's on there. Um, then the fire department has their representative. But uh, you think they were attending the secret meeting? I don't know. I mean, I don't want to say that there is a secret meeting or not. I mean, I know that pension, everybody knows, is, is it's, uh, what is this? Yeah, it's now that they're going to be discussing it. I, I've heard, you know, that we're talking about maybe an, another million dollars in, in pensions that are being sought after by both the fire and police department. Well, there's um, something I haven't told the three of you. I and, mean, and I don't just mean, to let you know, Ed London, Ed London is the li council liaison, and, and and he's the perfect person because Ed he's does, done it in the past. Yeah, and Ed knows a lot about this stuff. So, um, and I think these are going to be tough talks this year because of the fact that we're, you know, our revenues have dropped considerably, and so um, I think there's going to be some give and take. And I know that Ed's going to be, he's very passionate about this. You know that. Um, uh, he's very knowledgeable. Very knowledgeable. Uh, I, used, uh, I normally agree with the things he has told me about how he, about yeah. he goes and negotiates, especially when it has to do with pensions. Uh, pensions can really be a burden for a government when they're really top-heavy at the end of the deals. But at the same time, the salaries are lower. In other words, the employee always wants more salary this year, but they say, well, take less and we'll give you more pensions. That's usually how it negotiates each time. 
Well, and for communities like like mm. what happened up north and some of the communities, you have to remember what's your unfunded liabilities. These become unfunded liabilities. So it's a big topic, and it's not one. You that mean a lot like Illinois? Us, I don't know, but I'm, New York. I mean, I'm from you know, I was up in Connecticut, and this is this has broken the state of Connecticut. So it's a, it's it's an issue. It's a big issue. Yeah, it's broken a lot of state governments. Okay, I have, so I have a a flash here that just came across a wire, <laughs> dated October 13, 2020. The headline reads from your colleague Tony Winton. What's a colleague say? He says firefighters furious with village demands for concessions, and it goes on to list the. The furious nature and the concessions. Um, probably not a good time to read it here out loud with the whole article, but uh, it's, okay. it, it's heating up, ready for a fire. Okay, so you see how we blink That's here. That's exactly <laughs> what I was talking about. Exactly. That we, we the community, yeah. we, are, we have had a drop in our property values. Some of us are struggling to keep our jobs, and we can't get concessions? Exactly. Okay, so that goes to a position that Luis Laredo, a present council member, claimed that is really left him in sour taste. Why we've been proposing a hundred million dollar gold bond in this manner, vague with open ended, because the timing is terrible because of COVID, because of economy, because the uncertainty of our values. Is there anything since we're in a non non this drives me nuts always uh, nonpartisan elections? <laughs> and we can't really talk about the political affiliations we're associated with and how we think, but for, it's kind of for, obvious. For those listening out there in La La Land, it's the first three. The laughter is meaningful. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, my my question would be, do you feel that all three of you are going to get in once in the, in the first shot? Do you feel like uh, one of three, two of three, all three? Or... Or do you believe that we're going to end up in a runoff in uh, two rounds of this since there's so many candidates? Start off in the same order. Jennifer. Please don't do that. Keep escape. <laughs> Manny, do can I just circle back to your last question? Would you, would you Go mind? ahead. Okay. It's all yours. So I, I was just reading what was just posted uh, by your colleague, Tony Winton, and it, it looks like from my cursory view, is that they're, the fire department's pushing back on a freeze of cost of living. Mm -hmm. um, and... and I, you know, people are losing their jobs. People are not making as much as they used to. I understand. I, I love first responders. I was in Manhattan on 9-11. The New York City Fire Department saved my aunt out of Tower One. I have the utmost respect for first responders. But you know what? They also need to respect the taxpayer and what we're going through. And I'm, I'm reading an analysis by Ed London where the total compensation and benefits annually for the chief uh, the fire chief is $344,000. Explains yeah. why he's not at the meeting. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I just think that, you know, we're, we're all in this together. It's been 2020 has been a really tough year for everyone. People need to make concessions. And I'm not trying to diminish what they do for this, this, this village. They save lives. I haven't had a health issue. Knock on wood. My family hasn't had a health issue. But you know what? We need to be respectful of one another. And at the end of the day, they work for us. Well, there's another issue, um, which is outsourcing our services, our far outsource. And that, I find that really uh, ludicrous. Uh, how, I've never heard that. I'm sure there's small towns where they subcontract the entire fire department, but not here. What do you all feel about 
uh, a ludicrous idea like that. Sorry if it was a leading question. We'll skip Jennifer for now because all right, she just spoke. I'm in timeout. <laughs> you're in timeout. Armando, then Luisa. She, she's in KB Itmo. Okay. <laughs> KB Itmo. So are you, are you um, for or against? Because it's a quick. It's a quick question. For or against outsourcing I'm, the fire department? I, I have uh, been a contractor to whom or to which outsourcing the most delicate safety critical function in our country has been entrusted. Air traffic controlling. For 25 years, we trained the entire air traffic control community in the United States, coast to coast. And it, we did it, we, we've done it with excellence. We've done it with absolute safety. Uh, impeccable. There isn't a, flaw, a, a story in our 20, now 35 year history in this business. Um, it can be done economically. But you got to understand, different from air traffic controlling is the volatility of a fire. Fire goes wherever it wants, whenever it wants, however it wants. Trust me, you have airplanes coming together in the sky with loaded with passengers. You have fire. Um, we've, we had a situation in which we were taken off the job for a few years and the number of errors catapulted. Uh, there were so many near- Because the government was training controllers now? Because they, hired, it, because they hired the wrong companies to do the to job. To train. So, so the, that, but that's private to private. That's not private to government. The key of outsourcing is creating a selection process that is free from politics and BS and selects companies that are excellent, that have a track record of performance, that are cost effective, and that have a flawless record. If you hire people that have 10 cases of fires not being put out and some casualties involved, don't hire them, okay? But in Key Biscayne, we've, we need to first install financial resiliency, and by that I mean methods, processes, systems to- But that's, you mean that village-wide, not necessarily fire department? Village-wide, for yeah. everything that we buy, we need to follow a process and we abide by it. And we already have those processes in many, in many instances. Well, uh, in my conversation with Andrea Aga, she <clears throat> said that she left in the fire department already in place as an outgoing manager, a online service that actually shows you the check when she pays for something as a manager. So yes. the next manager will, that's a blessing because the next manager will have to adhere to that. Yep. Curiously, she resigned last week or a week and a half ago yes. under some some say under a great deal of harassment by certain folks on the council. And, and you would, would you like to name any of those you say? You said you're running know. against them? <laughs> I've already had a red X on my chest. <laughs> on your face. I, okay, on my face. All right. Lisa, go ahead and answer right. the question. Uh, I, I do need to answer this question because there's so much misinformation out there um, about, and I think people have seen the X's on Jennifer's face and Amanda's face and my okay, face. Okay, could you please inform the audience yes. of some backstory? Yeah, so there was an email that went out uh, that said, you know, I, I think it's called <laughs> in, in My Own Words or something, or In Your Words, <laughs> somebody's words, sorry, Kibiskane, with an X, you know, so there's an X on my face and why you shouldn't vote for me. And, and it's, excuse me, it's also your secret agenda. Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't you even have a, have you a, have secret, a secret agenda. agenda. Uh -huh. No idea. <laughs> they, tell me what it is. They um, for me, they selected the quotes of my platform. 
actually, I mean, that's not very secret. Ironically, they put it like it's a bad thing, and I'm, I'm, I stand by what I said. Okay. Yeah. So in my, you know, in mine, they I, it actually says things like she questioned the number of firefighters and number of uh, police officers. Uh, yeah, so do a lot of people in Key Biscayne. It's called always constantly analyzing the services that we're getting and can we afford it. So to your question, should we outsource that? I don't want to, um, and the, and I wouldn't be uh, an advocate for that. And and I'll explain why. History, I've learned it from you. <laughs> I've learned it from a lot of people on this island. And look at how far we live from the mainland. I'm not going to sit here and wait, watch something burn to the ground, waiting for a firefighter or you know there's a crime and waiting for the police to come. No, look, that's what makes us special, is that we fund our own fire and police department. We should be really proud of that. But yes, that we are. should not stop I'm proud us. of it. I'm very proud of it. It's the one of the main reasons why I moved here. So thank you for the X and pointing that out, by the way, because that's exactly... <laughs> well, be happy, be happy it wasn't the scarlet letter. It's called... <laughs> <laughs> that's next week. <laughs> so my scarlet, the scarlet letter X. is that, yes, I do support the fire and police departments. One of the reasons I bought out here. I mean, who didn't, right? Everybody that came here, one uh, of the big attractions... But one thing I'd like to emphasize, and, and again, police department. is I personally can testify to... What I called the matrix. Uh, my mom suffering from blood, uh, high blood pressure. I'm not living at the time with her. She's kind of condescending. Alzheimer's hasn't really hit. And I get a call more or less simultaneously with a 9-11 call. So that I'm kind of arriving at the house at the same time. I lived on Harbor Drive at the time. And it really is impressive to see five, six guys in blues, men and women, with their gear, come busting through the door, just laying stuff on the ground, and all of a sudden, my mom's blood pressure grow down just on seeing them there. The comfort of knowing that they're there, all of a sudden, the blood pressure going down. Sometimes not requiring her to be in the, go into the ambulance. They can just go home. Yeah, I, can I just check? Because in Connecticut, so I have a house still up in Connecticut. So I'm also a single uh, family uh, house, single family uh, homeowner. Up there. Up there, and here I'm a, a condo owner. But here's the thing. I've watched where we live in Connecticut because of these roads that we have, where houses literally burn to the ground. You know, yeah, more wood homes up there than down here. Because of the fact that the fire departments can't get up there because of these old colonial roads. So I think one thing for you know to have our own fire department this far out from mainland Miami is really critical. We yeah, the people say, well, you've got Calusa, you know, the Calusa station. But I think Which the county would probably not bring it up to speed. They yeah, they wanted to they, uh, they wanted to at one time, but they got in, cut in budget shortfalls too. So they actually should make that one state of the art again because they do cover a lot of beach drownings and yep. Yep. heart attacks Still and bags. drug overdoses and drinking in, of the public in. inside the state park as well. But they never did. So but why? Because they know the rich folks at Key Biscayne will take cover and help them and assist them on all these 9-11 calls, which is a burden to us ultimately. So in terms of uh, uh, privatizing the, you know, the fire department doesn't seem, I think you've been outvoted, Armando. Oh, I one. I'm, I'm good with Luisa's uh, perspective. perspective on this. However, I would note that we are outsourcing to the fire union, whether we like it or not. 
This is oh, because of we're accommodating them. You or? have to negotiate a contract with these guys the same way you, have, way you have to negotiate a contract with a company. The only thing is you can fire the company. You can't fire this union. Yeah. yeah, but I think you raise a good point, though. I mean, and I think this is what the other side forgets is that there's only five or six thousand of us that pay the bills around here. So. We have to think about these things. It doesn't make you want to defund anything. Right. I mean, what Armando is raising, I mean, it's it's something to think about. doesn't mean that we're going to do it. But it's, it's a valid analysis given our financial situation out here. It's also a point in negotiation when yeah. we have to negotiate these meetings. Okay. So now... Our first squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, 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 the reason... The is divided. <laughs> What's, are, what's are, really interesting... Can you believe they put excess on the three amigos of Kibis Kane? <laughs> yeah. Caballeros. My yeah. nephew Hudson James is very upset about this. Okay, so what's good <laughs> about, about this ex. conversation we're having is that the voter can honestly, probably for the first time, get a feel of all three of you would win to get a feel of how you guys are going to discuss among yourselves on the dais, which I think only radio really can do. Get people who are listening right now this will be on WSQFradio.com. Boot it up later. Uh, sometime tomorrow you would see this whole interview on on uh, on our website. And you can download it. It's already compressed file, so anybody can run with it and, you know, send it uh, WhatsApp or regular text or email. So you'll, you'll get that tomorrow at some time. And it's going to be called The Slate and the three of your last names. <laughs> so you look for that on the, on the Concrete Conservative tab. Now, do you guys want to... Starting with Jennifer, and then Armando, and then Luisa. Jennifer, do you want to direct any of your comments on any of your opposition candidates? Because there's plenty out there. <laughs> In terms Wait, of... you have opposition? I, I didn't think so. I, I thought that last forum was just, you know, sunlight and cupcakes and sweetness. Well, one thing, one thing I could say about your forum, uh, because of the format, you can see why the president of the United States doesn't want to have that kind of forum um, in a debate with with Biden because something's lost when you guys are just little thumbnails. Yeah, it's disgusting. And you really can't go after each other at all. And I think the voter deserves to have pe people go after each other. I mean, you got to vote for one or the other. You got to find out how they debate issues. So, so that's lost in that format. Uh, since you guys are the uh, slate, and I'm sick, I just want to say for the record that I'm a little bit, you know, it's I don't want to say sick and tired of, but it's getting on my nerves to hear the phrase keep his game nice when not everybody here is behaving very nicely towards everybody else these three people here have never done any ad homina mm -hmm. on anyone on this key mm -hmm. and we have been targeted and decimated lied about i'm supposed to want to defund the police undo the charter and and get rid of the fire department completely don't and take and move away <laughs> Do you burn it to the ground and move away? Blow, blow up the bridges and bring the Tequestas back. The Clint Eastwood and High Plains Drifter. So he's running for council, but he wants to move away yeah. to Washington. I'm supposed to move to Washington, D.C. All right. Maybe California or Washington State or someplace like that. Okay. I think, you I think got... they were projecting an aspiration, like the same aspiration for the projects for the $100 million bond. Exactly. Well, the, what's, what the audience has got to be appreciating now is that there's candor among you all. You think? That uh, <laughs> you all are taking it in stride, not to personalize anything, 
but there's no one out there you want to direct any of this uh, angst against? Jennifer, you're first. No, I don't want to go low because I know so many others have gone low. Um, but I'd like to say that I'm running and I have complete clean hands. I have nothing to sell. I have no business relationships on this island. I'm just doing it because I want to make this a better place. And I'm very civic-minded. And I just want to make keep this game better. I want to make it physically resilient, financially resilient. I want good, clean government. And I just want to stick to the facts. And I think everyone needs shared facts. It's about disclosure. If everyone has the same set of facts, there won't be these questions. Okay. And I just ultimately, I hope that if everyone has a clear set of facts, we'll have peace and we'll stop with this nonsense. Facts and better communication. I truly think that our voter involvement, taxpayer involvement is going to be critical in the next several years here. Um, there are a lot of people who are low information voters. Especially if they don't vote. They pay taxes, but don't vote and keep us going. And that's a big issue. This is a. It's a national. I called it in a guest commentary I wrote, I believe, in two thousand nine or ten. I called it the economic apartheid. Yeah. And it's probably one of the few cities in America that has economic apartheid, where legitimate foreign aliens come pay more taxes. They don't have homestead, and they don't vote for a village council who gets to spend all the money. Exactly. And I believe Bob Vernon. Bob, if you're listening, Buzz Verdon, <laughs> you were mayor at the time because I remember you're the only one who commented about my guest commentary. So these things are real. So how are you going to defend? Uh, continue your comment, but I'm gonna. My next question is: How are you going to defend those people who have just as much interest in our services and our accountability, but really can't vote for any of these councilmen? You can't vote for your three or anyone else for that matter. No, be- before I make any comment about. Uh, Instead of making any comments comments uh, against my opponents, my worthy and some of them are unworthy opponents, um, I would like to commend uh, my slate fellow slate members, <clears throat> Jennifer Allegra and Louisa Conway. Um, I lived here for 20 years. I've owned many properties at different times, uh, investments, and to live in. I've done everything, raised my children gone through good times and bad times, and never got involved in government until I met these two ladies. And they... I'm sorry. Uh, they, <laughs> He's trying to choose his words carefully. No. What do you do, what no. do, what do, you do to this guy? Look, I ruined if, his if, life. If, if you, you want to be honest about... If you want to be honest about the people in this room, you have two ladies who know more about village government than the entire rest of the council and candidates put together. And that is a fact. And we have in you, Manny, the repository of yes. Key Biscayne history right. that no one else has. I'm a, I also have the black and blues, too. I, I, bring, I bring some... I've done a lot of solo stuff out here. <laughs> I, I bring some business acumen. I bring some financial management strategies. I, you know, I don't have any business that wants to do business with Key Biscayne, so I, my hands are as clean as everybody else in this group. Um, but I'm here because these ladies demonstrated to me the need to bring these skills to bear on the So in other words, council. you're basically saying you completed the slate. I think that, that I complimented the slate. Oh, nice word. You know, but thank you for what you guys have done. 
Okay, Thank Luis. You, Armando. And Armando, you have a lot to bring, I'm sorry, to bring to the table. Armando has uh, great relationships with Washington and Tallahassee. So I think that he could bring a lot to Key Biscayne. And I think it's something that no other candidate has that makes him extremely unique and extremely valuable. Okay, Luisa, your turn. Well, I'm really hoping that what people are really hearing tonight are three distinct individuals. We each of us have our own mind and thoughts. So even though we're running as a slate, I think people are probably understanding we have our own way of This is probably the first this. time they're understanding how you guys yes. operate yes. among each other. Yes, okay. and the reason that this is important is because, I mean, everyone's watched what's happened on the council. It's really come apart. And, um, you know, they're fighting. Uh, I think it's, uh, I, I personally... I agree with your sentiment only because I think there was a shining star about to really bloom here and mm -hmm. do great things for our city in Andrea Aga. And yes. she agreed. She decided that she's too young for this. She can't be tar and feathered like this too early in her career to do it. And she, she left us. Yeah. The village manager, for those who don't know. Yeah. Yes. And I think, I mean, just to continue, I mean, this is important because we, we actually, for the first time, I think you would even agree with this. Uh, we re we got a professional manager, a person that came in with who did not take sides either. Yeah, who was a municipal manager to to bring some structure to our government, which we really needed. And I think that that was an attribute of Myra Lindsay's uh, council previously. They left it in 2018, gave us a, a, a manager to help us progress as a municipality but, and I really but feel weren't wasn't her first council no so in other words who yeah. hired her she wasn't managed under so right. it's but difficult what I'm saying is that it brought structure and then we did not have you know in these past two years um, we didn't have that that unity continue yeah that not consensus. a lot of civility either and not a lot of civility and that's something I think that I see Contrary to what's been put out there about the three of us, I mean, would you guys agree to, be, to say anybody yeah. on the present council who you feel is responsible for the in uh, the uncivil nature of what's going on? What yeah, did you say? The it? mayor, <laughs> the mayor. I have no problem saying this. It's been public. He knows that. I mean, I've been saying that. Is that you know, Mike? I don't know what happened to Mike. I mean, he was somebody you could always really talk to. And what I've seen of Mike in these past two years has been sort of stunning to me. And I have no issue saying that because I sit on a board right now. I'm the president of the Key Colony Homeowners Association board. And one of the reasons I took it over is because we had a similar problem. We had we have eight board members screaming. There was just oh, it was uncivil. People couldn't come in and talk because they'd be you know yelled at, you know, shut off. And it's how some of us felt when we were going to these council meetings. You know, I'm held to like less than three minutes or at three minutes with the gavel banging down on me. And then somebody that's, you know, uh, that's maybe more politically inclined with the mayor, they get to talk on and on and on. So you feel very disengaged. No, and so, the ordinance clearly states three minutes for public comment. Yeah. I've exactly. had to ask other people. To give me their three minutes if I wanted to extend my three minutes. And I, it's not that I'm, I, I'm, I'm trying to be tough on him, but the point is that you're the moderator of the meeting. He's the moderator. I mean, he tried to censure another council member when we're having discussions about the bond. 
And I think these are important skill sets that the three of us bring to the dais. And it's something that I'm very passionate about because it's one thing that you disagree with people, but I really love our form of government. I really love that village council and walking into that room and sitting there. But we have to have some respect and civility inside of that, that hall. And that hasn't happened. And, and it I starts at the top. It starts at the top. Yep. And that's why mm -hmm. I feel getting back on there. If, it's, if, if Key Biscayne votes the three of us back on, I've been asked, can you get along with Mike? Absolutely. Why wouldn't I? Because maybe this will help now that, you know, you get three people that know a lot about government, know a lot about the issues. Mike knows a lot about the issues. He's been there a really long time. Ten years. Yeah. No, so he I, also, he also, in all due respect to the mayor, yeah. he did walk away from government to, and went back in. So he had a time to look at himself, what he did good, what he did bad, as a council member, and then come back as a mayor. So there was, like, time off. And that's always good in politics. Uh, it's a shame not enough people do it. But Even in Key Biscayne, power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. And right now, we're drifting towards absolute power. Okay. So now, the well, with the last... You're talking about... <laughs> I, 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 the I behavior mean, of some of the council people and the behavior of the mayor is like, oh, the charter, I don't care. Um, you know, three minutes, funny. I don't well, care. Well, I think these elections show that the community has woken up because there's 10 people running. So, uh, <laughs> hey, a lot, of, a lot of council members ran unopposed. We had mayors, two mayors back-to-back who won their elections unopposed, uh, Lindsay and Kaplan, both ran two terms without opposition. So, I mean, it, that's the good thing about COVID. Yeah, you spent a lot of time at home saying, you, you know what, I'm going into politics. Home, you couldn't go anywhere. <laughs> you really decided to tune it to those council yeah, meetings. Yeah, <laughs> because uh, indifference and apathy uh, creates some, uh, so one side gets arrogant over power. That one gets drunk on power for sure. Now, we've got seven minutes left, so each one of you are going to say whatever you want. You're going to say, uh, please let the audience know when you moved here, they get, uh, get a feel for how long you've been a Kiba Scanner, uh, what side of the island you, you live on, uh, what's most important for you if you get elected, and what you're going to bring to the table, and I will just say, good luck, folks, and we'll go right back to rock and roll. So, Jennifer, you're first. <laughs> so I moved here in 2012. Uh, it was always a dream of myself and my husband to move to Key Biscayne. I, I came here once as a child, and I've always said that uh, from that moment that I wanted to move here. And we, my husband and I, before we got married, were dating, and we came here quite a few times. And my husband actually popped the question at the Ritz. And, Whoa, yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a black and white movie. Yeah. <laughs> Popping the question at the Ritz. And once again, Putting I said, on the Ritz. <laughs> we, uh, we want to move here. This is a wonderful place. And, uh, and we did. And I, I'm so happy. That was a wonderful decision. I can't tell you the wonderful people that we met because um, our family's far away. And those wonderful people's families are also far away. So we kind of made our own family here. In terms of what I think I can bring to the council, as an attorney, I'm an advocate. Um, as someone from Brooklyn, New York, who's also a hurricane, <laughs> who's also a Hoya, I'm kind of a fighter. I'm, I'm not um, aggressive, but I firmly believe in certain things, and I'm willing to fight for them, as I'm willing to fight to win this election. 
Uh, so I think that's important. It's rolling over, whether it's rolling over the county or just, you know, rolling mm. over on your own uh, ethics and morals is wrong. So I'm going to bring my advocacy skills, my negotiation skills, and my integrity to this race. Okay. Thank you very much. Armando? Well, I started in Key Biscayne as a, a high school sophomore. Um, and, uh, you know, at LaSalle High School across the bay. LaSalle High School. I arrived. I forgive you. <laughs> <laughs> My beautiful alma mater. Uh, blame your parents. Uh, I don't blame. <laughs> blame me because I'm the one who signed up. You're the one that championed going I, to listen, LaSalle? Listen, I attended a, I'm not going to name it because I don't want to offend anyone, but I attended a ninth grade in public school in Miami and in 1960, six, <laughs> 60, 61, that dates me. <laughs> Uh, we had a shooting born. on campus in 1961, <laughs> so you can imagine it was an asphalt jungle. So I decided <laughs> it was not fun. I learned nothing. I got straight Fs. In fact, I gave my nephew my final uh, report card with all the Fs on it to, yes. as a motivator to study hard at La Salle, and he graduated from La Salle 50 years to the date that I graduated, which is a it's a source of pride for me. So Kibis came for me has been uh, a home when I was away. I came here and I stayed here every, every time. Grape Tree has more rent from me than, wow. than many visitors. Um, my, my dad stocked the shelves at Pantry Pride. Currently, CVS. Uh, people don't realize that for the audience's sake. <clears throat> yes, Kibis Kane had a Pantry Pride. Yes, indeed. And, <clears throat> and my stepmom had a business, a, um, a beauty salon in Kibis Kane as well. So I grew up coming here my entire life. I fell in love with the place, and I swore that when I moved back like a good snowbird flying south <laughs> after a long career in Washington, D.C., 30 years in, in D.C., three in New York, and three and a half in New, in New Orleans. So you just changed the swamp? <clears throat> you went from I went from a swamp to swamp, a mangrove swamp. <laughs> to a mangrove swamp. I, I swore that, I, and I made it my mission in life to come here and live here and raise my kids here. Um, and since then, it's been really nice and a source of personal uh, personal reward and fun. I've had boats. I've gone fishing. I've got everything. I've, you know, it's truly a paradise. When you can catch a 20-pound snook off the seawall. Absolutely. It's, <laughs> people don't realize what you can do here. Yeah, to, to touch on that particular point that's non-political, just recently— uh, after it was a kind of a solemn moment for me because my mom had already passed away, so now I'm alone in this home that I grew up in, with family members and brothers and sisters, and I started going outside. This is to show you how incredibly paradise found this place is, and I've been here since the fifth grade, so I've had all kinds of methods to describe what finding paradise is. But I got a renewed uh, discovery when I'm sitting outside with my cigar that I could not smoke because I suffered these strokes. So now I'm holding it in my hand. I can't light it. Pretending. <laughs> yeah. And I'm saying, I can't believe I'm going to have the willpower to do this. Beautiful day outside. We live on South Mashta, so the ocean's on my backyard there. And all of a sudden, it occurs to me uh, from my childhood to start making this noise because I could see a fin out there. And I started from the movie Flipper, from the program Flipper. <laughs> I started arr, 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 four and a half minutes. Can you believe it? The dolphin came right to my seawall. Oh, I wow. got it on film. Oh, wow. 
I posted it on YouTube. He winks at me and everything, stays there. <laughs> and I'm starting to think, oh, my God, could it have been the same dolphins that did it as a kid? You know, you start believing this stuff because dolphins do live 30, 40 years. Yeah. That was in June. And then it happened again about a month ago. And this time, it seemed to be different dolphin only because the first dolphin had uh, kind of like a scar on its fin, like if it had been mm-hmm. hit by a propeller or just damaged. It looked like someone had bit the fin. So it might have been a shark or something. So this one didn't have that. But this one stayed even longer. When I say longer, it's the difference mm-hmm. between 30 seconds and 45 seconds, which for yeah. you sounds feels like five minutes. But it really truly is paradise found right Right off the downtown Miami of urban sprawl. And there I was with a coffee. Maybe because I didn't have the cigar, this this dolphin (laughs) stayed longer. But it really is a joy to live out here. And that day and all the days since have changed for me personally because every morning, you know, the coffee's in my hand. There's no more cigar in my mouth. And I'm just looking for a fin (coughs) so I can start making the noises again. Okay, so Luisa, you're you're the finale because you got. The, sorry, I took away uh, like three minutes of your time. The, of the grand he did. finale. He does that but, to me. <laughs> it's, par- it's, it's paradise. Uh, at, at times, it was, it's lost and found for many people because they lose themselves in other countries and they make themselves anew here in Key Biscayne. So Key Biscayne has that quality too. Venezuelans, Cubans, yeah. Mexicans. To some, uh, and to some degree, you, me, because you I'm were up in Fiji. Connecticut, yeah, and you, I'm you're from Fiji. free. Oh, excuse me, Fiji. That's right. <laughs> uh, so please, uh, take your time. We'll go a little bit over time. It doesn't matter because well, the, you have to anyway because your antenna's on my roof. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, is that is that leverage or what? So, you hear that? Game, that's the kind of leverage you're gonna get from council members. You hear that? Way. Keep us game board. If you guys are listening. Uh, County when I come for you uh, and uh, say sh- I want my. Now they're gonna put two bucks. X's on you. Okay. <laughs> here in 2005 and actually Key Biscayne was a second home for us and it just became more and more difficult to leave it every time we'd come back down here with the kids and we loved it so we ended up staying Um, and Key Biscayne for me is exactly how you describe it it really is waking up every day happy yeah. You're right? I mean, who Absolutely. doesn't? I you see a fin out there, and I know it's going to be a yeah, good day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's why I like the X's on my face. <laughs> I can only laugh because, I mean, it's sort of, I love that spirit about Key Biscayne. I, well, I it's kind of like it has a Mad Magazine version yeah, to it. <laughs> Key Biscayne, you, know, you know, they're very opinionated. They're very passionate, like sticking X's on their neighbors' faces. But, I mean, look, I have a funny story. So the ballots come out. And I start getting phone calls. This was when the ballots, they mailed them out. I got three phone calls from three people in, around in my building. And they said, oh, my God, I just opened the ballot. And your name's on it. <laughs> <laughs> I had paid all this money for a full page ad <laughs> in the Highlander. And I said to them, so what's wrong? They said, did you know your name on the ballot? <laughs> Hello. Did, did you not read the Islander? Oh. I'm running for council, and now you're depressing me because I just spent like 800 bucks. Should have just waited for the picture. ballot. Exactly, and it was like I had to tell them, look, it's not an FBI wanted list. It's, it's for real. It's like, these are the people running for council. But I had such a good laugh. But that for me is key Biscayne. Um, I think that the people here are super friendly. That's why when we got that question the other night about the lack of civility, that's why I said, 
it's really tough to hear that question about our community because I look at Key Biscayne and I think a lot of people can can relate to this. When you're raising your kids in Key Biscayne, you have a whole village, yep. right? People that pick up your kids from school, feed them, bring them back yep. to you. And they, report back to you if something's going yeah. on that they don't think is cool. <laughs> like I yep. love when my, and I have teenagers now, so I love the reports. I love that I have her on Life 360 like everybody else, but I've also got eyes and ears. Thank God she doesn't listen to this show. But, you know, that's the way Key Biscayne is. I, and that's what I love about it. And that's, for me, is exactly why I'm, I'm running. I'm running because I love this community. I know that a lot of us do. I know that a lot of us are really dedicated to, to making improvements. And I think we've all become very worried about the direction that our municipality is going. And one of the things, funny, Manny, that you should raise that I've been accused of is how dare she talk about giving the vote to non-U.S. citizens. Well, look, these are people that have invested here. Look at this beautiful island you live on. You wouldn't have it if it wasn't for them. So there is a level of respect for these people that have come here. And I, maybe because I'm an immigrant, so I can completely appreciate the situation that they're in. So... You know, I, I definitely have to say one of the biggest reasons that I'm running is that we have to respect the Key Biscayne taxpayer. And I've just felt that in the years that I've been living here on the island full time since 2013, it became clearly apparent to me this was not happening. And it's one of the reasons that I'm running, because I do think we need to realign uh, that 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 relationship and for all of our residents we have to make this place that you can engage that you have a voice and that you feel empowered and it doesn't matter if you don't speak English that's another that's a, a, that's a way to end this yes. uh, I'd like to thank the slate for coming slate. here to blink thank radio you, Manny. Thank you, Manny. I Shout really uh, <laughs> yeah well, this radio this radio station was built to give this community a voice not only among that's itself right. That's right. but to project out to the mainland I believe that we are paradise found yeah. and if you're looking for it mainlanders uh, you can't find it because only we know how to live it so <laughs> thank you very much for coming and uh, I just asked for all three of you in unison to say goodbye Good night, folks. Listening to WSQF ninety four point five.